Charles Kane, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today in conjunction with the Global Student Education Forum. Can we begin at the very beginning of your journey of one laptop per child? You said that the best educator of a child is themselves. Can you explain what that means? Yes, and it's a very important principle uh, because that's the way the computer is made to take advantage of of this uh, concept. Uh, In so many countries that we are focusing on and and targeting, uh, teachers are not available or teachers are sparsely, uh, uh, very low education level and so on. And so in many cases, the child has to uh, teach his or herself in many ways. And one of the other principles of the project is that the child takes home the computer. And amazingly, what happens in many cases is the child becomes the teacher to parents that are not educated, to brothers and sisters, and so on. And so it's a a major concept and a requirement that the child have the computer uh, at all times to take home and to school. And, uh, and this, we think, is uh, promoting the child to teach his or herself. Now, some people might say, well, you need more teachers to change the world in terms of education. You, you need more pencils. But, but it's give a laptop, change the world. That's what you're founding your principles on. Yes. Um, we're at a very unique time in, in the evolution of technology right now with the advent of the Internet and with the tools that are available to, to provide access to educational materials. For instance, take, for example, the computer where we can load as much as a thousand books onto the computer. Compare that to delivering a thousand books to a child as compared to a small computer that they can carry home at night. So technology has really given us a very unique opportunity here to expand the access to educational materials at a profound rate. And we are taking advantage of that. Another thing you did in terms of the demonstration of, of that small green computer is just show his, its ears that, that it, and, and why it was better than other models. Because other models, you said, would dust would wipe them out in Africa within sort of two minutes almost. And, and also that you can see the screen of these computers uh, in the sun. And, and, you know, a really moving scene where you saw some children in a video going home and, and the laptop being the brightest light in their home. You know, the design has been well thought out. Yeah, absolutely. The design has been... Um, so often in engineering, uh, the engineers design for their own right into the market uh, the brilliance of this project is it started from the child and moved forward in the design work. So it needed to be rugged because children are going to drop computers. They're going to um, work the computer hard. Uh, it needed to be uh, water-resistant and dust-resistant because in the environments that we're delivering into, that's a prevailing uh, type of the environment. Um, and the, the screen in particular had to light up in the daylight because... We're not talking about classrooms in a lot of parts of the world. It's, it's outdoors, under a tree or in the open. And so the computer would be rendered useless in, in, in a conventional way where screens in sunlight are not readable. Our screen translates and, and shifts into a black-white mode like newsprint and uh, can be effectively used to educate. 
So it's that, that term rugged. I don't know how many times you mentioned that in your lecture today, but it's rugged, it's robust, and it will withstand the kind of treatment that a child might give it in taking it home, in sharing it with its siblings, in sharing it with adults as well. Actually, um, I make the point by dropping the computer and turning it on, and then I go to the audience and see if someone will let me drop their computer. And, and, and uh, uh, undoubtedly, it, it captures a laugh and uh, no one willing to, to drop their computer because it would be broken immediately. So it really is the unique quality of the machine. And even though we compete, and I don't like to use the word competition, even though we're an alternative to other machines, we are the only one in the market, uh, unfortunately, that has this design um, so, that, so that the child can continue to use a computer. The computer's life is about five years. Now, your background was technical. It's Aspen Technology, Core Change, um, software companies, uh, prime computers, Stratus computers. Um, did you, when you set yourself this goal of designing this robust laptop, uh, getting it off the ground, did you ever think you'd be able to succeed? For instance, you showed us power management, recharging through solar light. Mm-hmm. You know, all the specifications were new, mm-hmm. innovative. Not my design. I wish I could take credit for it, but not at all. It's, it's an MIT and Nicholas Snegaponte initiative where his ideas, together with a, a large group of, of engineers, both in and out of MIT, uh, put this design work together. I came in at, after all this work was done more as a business person than as an engineer and designer. So I think the brilliance of the design dates back a long way. I mean, Nicholas started this project 20 years ago, and a lot of the ideas flowed together in the technological development uh, through much trial and error. So it's not an overnight sensation. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of testing that took place before the design came out. But that marriage of you with, with that kind of technological background and then carrying the vision forward uh, as a president of one laptop per child, that's a special combination. Well, again, I I like to think of myself more as the business side of things. Nicholas is the visionary. Nicholas is the reason this is at all uh, existent. And and so all I can do is assist in helping the the project uh, uh, viability and survive and and so on to get as many computers to the children as possible. But it is the original work and, 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 in fact, the original money raise that Nicholas was able to accomplish that made this all possible. Now, you've got 1.5 million in the world now. In terms of that business model timeline you showed us from January 2005 virtually till now, have you achieved what you set out to achieve and what was the most important milestone, if if you can name one? We did not achieve what we set out to achieve. We wanted to provide hundreds of millions of computers uh, to children in the world and governments adapting it more like what happened at Google when it, when it was launched and how viral it was. So even though 1.5 million is a great accomplishment and by no means uh, trying to downplay, it is not the level that we had hoped at this time to get to. Um, it is a tipping point. I think at one point along the way, when other countries can go to places like Uruguay and Peru and see what has been accomplished, it's a proof point and they'll feel comfortable investing the way that these countries have already 
taken the risk and invested and been very successful with the project. Yeah, because you mentioned it had taken off in Rwanda, but, but other yes. countries perhaps want local laptops or, or you know, and some of the developed world says, why can't we have them too? So, so there is hurdles to overcome. Absolutely. And uh, the hurdles are many. And uh, there's a piece that uh, was done on an interview with Nicholas, and he said if he realized the hurdles and the challenge is he probably never would have started the project, but that's the way all projects start. Yeah. Now, in terms of your business model, talking to you know, uh, MBA students in business here at the Cambridge Judge Business School, clearly, I mean, you employ 30 people and you said a 300 million revenue. This, it's unheard of. It's more like uh, not social enterprise, but more like academia. Can you just explain a bit about that model? Well, uh, we are a nonprofit, and uh, our intent is not to make money and uh, to sell the computers at, at close to cost as possible. So uh, that gives us a little competitive edge in that our price point is lower than what a conventional computer manufacturer would, would have to do because they have shareholders to satisfy, whereas we do not. So the, the challenges are many, but the fact that we're a nonprofit is a very important strategy of the enterprise, of the project itself, because it also creates a trust with the country. They realize we're not in this to make money, and they, they believe that we're on their side to make them, make them as successful as possible without a hidden agenda, as i.e. profit. So it, it has worked out very well, and there's a large trust component to the country relationship as part of the nonprofit. Now, as part of that trust relationship, you indeed got the trust of the family of John Lennon because you've, you've, you've got an advert running with his voice. Advertising has very been much part of your pitch too, hasn't it? How, how important has it been to play on those faces of the African children, the schools, and, and, and you know, those green, robust, rugged laptops? We, we, first of all, I'd like to establish we don't exploit those pictures in any way. We just want to present reality as it is and, and hope that with this combination of, again, a very unique timing in the technology world, we can help these children as best we can. Um, a lot of people have given their undevoted, I mean, totally unselfish uh, uh, time and effort to this cause. And uh, there are many advertising firms that contributed to these, uh, these commercials and such. It's just a way to let the world know that we're there and maybe they'll get involved. The best we can do, and the reason I'm here in, in the UK, is to recruit students to be a part of this project, to be interns, to be a part of our OLPC core, and contribute in a way that they will find so rewarding to their life. Now, finally, you talked about a lot of luck along the way. Other business uh, entrepreneurs may say you create your own luck mm. and you have dark valleys too. But, but what's the most moving scene you've seen in Africa as you've driven along? You've talked about going to, to, to a village where all, all there was was poverty and then the joy of seeing a child with a laptop. Mm. And that was in Colombia where I was uh, and when I mentioned that. Um, I, I think, I think that this, the thing that amazes me the most, and you've seen it in those pictures, that I showed is the eyes of a child. They are so impressionable at, at a young age and like a sponge for intelligence. And so this timing in their life is so important to get education a part of their life uh, embedded at that early stage or else they do things that will not promote uh, things that will help the world. And we see it all the time in countries where terrorism 
persists and so on. So education has been the reason for the developed world's success. It is the foundation and the backbone of everything that is good about the developed world. And in large part, unfortunately, lack of education has been the reason for the opposite. And we're hoping to change that dynamic. I wish you good luck from Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today in conjunction with the Global Student Education Forum. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be part of this.